Welcome back, Irish fans, to Breaking Out Braves Boys podcast. Today, after the Bellarmine win over a week ago, we got a break, but now we're back previewing UVA. I'm probably going to have Jake on later in the show, but for now, just me and Bennett Conlin. He's a writer and sports reporter for Daily Progress, covers UVA, knows better than either of us. So I brought him in, going to ask him a few questions about UVA, um, give us some good insights. So to start out, uh, I guess I'll just ask you, can you give us a quick breakdown of each starter and kind of what they bring to the table? Yeah, sure. So they've gone with a few different starting lineups this year, but you've got at least three guys that you can pretty much pencil in as, as starters. So Kihei Clark at the point guard spot, I think they list him as 5'9". He's sort of the facilitator of the offense, small guy, shoots it decently from three surprisingly good at getting to the rim for his size. Obviously five, nine is not necessarily what you expect from a college kid. So, uh, but he does pretty well. Sam Hauser's the Marquette transfer on the wing typically starts really good shooter, uh, gets the ball in the post sometimes probably best when he's catching and shooting uh, doesn't facilitate his own shot quite as much as someone like Clark. And then Jay Huff's the seven foot center. He's an NBA prospect can shoot the three, can score inside, really good rim protector, uh, probably one of the best players on the team. So Huff's a good one. And then after that, Thomas Bull, the 10 size, another guard, lefty shooter. They stick in there a little bit. His defense has gotten a lot better. And then Reese Beekman, I think they started last game as well. Freshman guard can also sort of fill in for Clark at the point guard spot. So if they go small, which I think probably makes sense against Notre Dame, that's sort of what, what you're looking at with Clark Beekman. Will the Tensai Hauser and Huff? Mm-hmm. For sure. I remember Huff last year. I think he came off the bench against us and just killed us. So, going to be interesting to see him as a, in a starting role, especially when our down low guys are not the strength. But uh, Virginia had a really awful performance, to be honest, against Gonzaga. Um, they lost by like 30 plus, gave up 98, which was like the second highest amount of points I've ever given up in like program history or something. Um, how much do you put into that loss against Gonzaga? Do you think that's the team they are, or do you think that was just an uncharacteristically bad performance? I think they'll get better as the season goes on, but they played six games and they haven't been very impressive. They lost to Gonzaga by 23 and they had a late run in that game. It probably should have been a 30 point loss. Uh, Gonzaga, I think scored on its first shot and then led the entire game. It was really just a beat down, which you don't really expect for Virginia, especially defensively. And Gonzaga is unbelievable offensively, but for Virginia and Tony Bennett, especially the tempo they play to give up 98 points is uh, kind of insane. So they struggled a lot there. They took Kent State. They beat earlier this year, but Kent State took them to overtime, and they also lost to San Francisco. So they're 0-2 against the West Coast Conference teams this year, which I think they're happy they don't have them left on the schedule, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, they haven't been that impressive this year, so – They've got a long way to go. They're known for their defense typically, and this year the defense just hasn't been very good. They're much better offensively than a year ago. A year ago, I think they, you know, they had that Notre Dame game in in Charlottesville that went to overtime. I think they outscored Notre Dame like two to one in overtime or something gross like that. So I, I wouldn't expect that this year. I think they're a little bit better scoring the ball, but defensively they've taken a step back for sure. Yeah, I think that Notre Dame game means a lot more to me and Jake than it would to you. I think I get replays and flashbacks from that game all the time. I'm still <laughs> mad about that one. But uh, you talked about how they haven't really been impressive lately. Do you think their ranking of 23 is fair for now or too, kind of too high or too low? I think if you take 
any like their resume and you you put a different name on their jersey i don't think they would be ranked i think they've sort of gained some respect with the national championship recently and tony bennett what he's done in the program and that's all deserved but the resume right now i mean you've got an overtime win over kent state you've got the loss to san francisco blowout loss to gonzaga and some you know cupcake kind of wins i think if notre dame has that same resume i don't think notre dame is ranked so I think there's a little bit of just benefit of the doubt. They started the year at number four in the preseason AP poll. That certainly helps in terms of clinging around. I think it's hard for voters to kind of get them out of the top 25 once they see them in there. But yeah, I mean, they haven't played like a, a ranked team. So if I had a vote, which I do not, I would probably not have them in this week's top 25 just because they haven't done anything this year, in my opinion, to sort of earn a ranking. Mm-hmm. Good to hear, but also on the other hand, Notre Dame has not beat a ranked team since Maui Invitational <laughs> in like 2017. So their ranking automatically gives them a better chance against Notre Dame. It seems like no matter who they are, if you if you give Detroit mercy, but if you put ranked them 25th, we'd have a hard time against them, even though we'd kill them. But um, is there anything – you brought up a lot of their defensive stuff. I know they run the pack line. Can you go over kind of what they do schematically, um, maybe about their offense and the pack line? Yeah, so the pack line, the the focus is basically to pressure people into the middle. So you have whoever has the ball in the perimeter, the defender is going to pressure the ball. And then you've got four guys that kind of sag a little bit off the three-point line, um, kind of across the, the wing or whatever. Um, and they're sort of trying to, to help. Anytime a guy will drive the lane, they'll help. So you'll have, you know, if, if you're driving in the lane, you should, uh, the way it's supposed to be run. They haven't really executed it that well this year. Uh, but when you drive in, they'll, they'll help off to make sure that there's, you know, pretty much two guys there. If you go into the post, they typically double the post. They do that a lot to kind of get it back out. I mean, the main focus is you want contested threes. I wouldn't say it forces a ton of turnovers. I think some other defenses do a nice job where they're maybe pressuring passing lanes more at the perimeter, and Virginia doesn't do that because they kind of sag off to create the pack line, which is inside the three-point line. So they're not going to create a ton of turnovers, but they do a good job of, of really pressuring the ball and helping. And that's where they haven't done a great job this year. They didn't do a great job against Gonzaga. The other part is Gonzaga got out in transition. So the pack line wasn't able to get set up like 25% of the time, but they did a decent job against some other teams earlier this year when it was executing well. And it was last year, quite a bit. The help defense is really good. It allows them to, to force some contested threes. So if you're a poor shooting team or you struggle shooting and you get contested threes, it works out pretty well for Virginia, which is typically why they beat up on so many, mid-majors is the defense is just so good it's it's really hard to score against them offensively they typically run the blocker mover which is kind of a bunch of screens um in the post at the same time which sort of creates some openings they they run sort of a similar wheel action sometimes multiple times just throughout the shot clock and it, it sort of makes the tempo go a little bit slower as they probe for that open look which sometimes can take quite a while so that's typically what they do they've done that sometimes this year They've also done some like ball screen continuity stuff. They've done a five out, which they did in the first game where they hit 15 threes against Towson, where they kind of had all five guys on the perimeter. And they would sort of probe some guys in there, do some different things. They were able to create some isolation looks for Sam Hauser. Um, it, it kind of varies by game this year. They're still experimenting with rotations, with scheme, with all those things. Defensively, I think Tony Bennett would have to sort of you know, be kidnapped and they replace him with an imposter for them to do anything other than the pack line defense. So defensively, you're going to get the pack line, but offensively, they, they kind of vary by game this year. And 
they've been decent offensively and it's worked pretty well. It's kind of shocking to the pack line that hasn't maybe worked to what they've expected so far. Mm-hmm. Can't blame them for sticking with it at all based on the success they've had <laughs> with it in the past. Would you, you kind of made it sound like uh, you kind of have to shoot the lights out against them to win. Would you say that's accurate? I think that's probably what makes the most sense. You look at San Francisco, I think they hit double digit threes despite only scoring like 61 in that victory. So a lot of their points came from the three point line when they were able to beat Virginia Gonzaga, Corey Kispert, I think he hit eight threes on his own. So, I mean, if you can knock down the threes, it it certainly helps. And yeah, I think it's a decent matchup for Notre Dame from that regard. You've got, you know, a bunch of starters that can all shoot the three pretty well. Uh, So I think that helps a little bit um, for sure. And that's, that's kind of the way to beat Virginia for the most part is knocking down threes. And obviously that helps against pretty much any team if you can score from the three point line, but they're, they're tough to score against in the post because of how they, they double so much. So if you can knock down some threes, it helps. And this year, I think specifically, if you can get out and transition a little bit, it's really helpful. Typically they're, they're unbelievable in transition defense. And this year they've kind of struggled. They struggled a lot against Gonzaga, which I mean, pretty much everyone in the country has this year, but they struggled a lot there and they've had some iffy defensive performances. So they try to force those contested threes with the pack line. And they've kind of struggled to actually contest some of those at times this year, even against the mid majors. So yeah, if you can shoot the three well, get some open looks there, it's it's a pretty good formula to try to take down Virginia. Gotcha. So what do you think their biggest strength is and weakness, I guess, as a team in general? There's a lot to Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I think for strength, I would say depth. They've got a ton of guys that can play. You look at just the guard spot, you've got Kihei Clark, Reese Beekman, Thomas Bulletensai, Casey Morsell. Morsell still needs to shoot the ball a little bit better, but he's a talented sophomore guard. So some depth there. Trey Murphy sometimes comes off the bench. Occasionally they'll sort of stick him into a starting role. He's a six, nine rice transfer with a ton of length. He's shooting like 56% from three, probably the most athletic guy on the team. So he's a good one. And he was able to get a waiver. I guess at this point, it wouldn't have mattered with all the NCAA rules with the, the transfer process is kind of nonsense, which I think Notre Dame fans probably have seen this year a little yeah. bit, but um yeah, so when Murphy's in there, he's a really good player, and he compliments Hauser well. Hauser's obviously the Marquette transfer who shoots the ball really well, can score. You've got Jay Huff, Caden Shedrick's a redshirt freshman. He's 6'11". He's just super long. So when they put him in, he's a good shot blocker and can score. He had uh, sort of a mono-like illness in the fall, so he missed some time and is trying to get up to speed, but he's done a nice job sort of in limited minutes. So they've got a ton of guys that can come in and play so there is some depth there I think is is certainly the strength but in terms of weaknesses so far it's just been the defensive performance and some of it too is I mean you could even look at the depth as as a weakness through the first six games just because you know they've tried so many different lineups they don't really know which lineup works best at this point they've you know tried out five different like offensive philosophies through six games or kind of just trying to figure out what works best they treated the first couple games sort of like you know, preseason scrimmages, kind of. I mean, they obviously wanted to win, but you look at the San Francisco game, they're really playing with some weird lineups and trying stuff out. So the the weakness maybe is that they don't know who their best five is at any time. They end the game with different fives. They aren't t- entirely sure what they want to do there. So the the inconsistency on defense, which probably comes a little bit from not knowing your your eight-man rotation or whatever they want to end up getting to, is certainly a little bit of a concern, but yeah, it's, it's surprising to talk about a Virginia team and see them struggling on defense. But I think if there's a time to 
to play them this year with their defense not going great. It's it's certainly the ACC opener. It's a good timing for Notre Dame, I think. Yeah, for sure. I was about to say that. It's really weird to hear uh, defense is a weakness because going into last year's game, I remember it was all Notre Dame's going to have a tough time doing this and this and this on offense. But uh, especially because they don't pressure the guards like a lot of teams Notre Dame's played, I think it could be really interesting uh, to see how Notre Dame comes out. But um, we've talked about how Virginia has historically kind of put it together so far. But uh, it kind of seems like they're still a better team than Notre Dame is at this point in the season. What do you think they have to do to beat Notre Dame? Yeah, I think defending the three-point line is going to be huge. Obviously, the, the pack line, if the goal is to try to force teams in the lane at times, force them into the middle and and help really well. And they've talked about how they they haven't helped really well. So if the philosophy is to force, you know, them into a situation where you play help defense and you're not playing help defense well, obviously that doesn't work out too well. And they struggled a lot against Gonzaga with that. So I think defending the three-point line will be important. The other thing is they've just kind of lacked like intensity. Um, I don't know if it's the lack of crowds or what, but PA Clark had actually said that some of the players seem scared against Gonzaga, which you don't typically see any high major team, um, you know, let alone a reigning national champion scared to play anyone. I think that was a little bit surprising. So they seemed overwhelmed by the moment. And then some of the earlier games against San Francisco, that was the day after Thanksgiving in Bubbleville. So it was up in Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun and, they just seemed flat against Kent State. The game went to overtime. They seemed flat until overtime when they sort of took over and won by seven. I think they only allowed like two points in the overtime period. It went a while. Both teams, I think, went three and a half, four minutes without scoring in the overtime, which kind of gave the the shades of that UVA-Notre Dame game from last year with the, the low scoring overtime. But, yeah, I mean, they just lacked an intensity this year that's surprising. You expect a team – to maybe be a little more amped to play just because the season was kind of uncertain when you are able to get out there, you figured they'd be pretty stoked. I thought they'd be really amped and, and competitive against Gonzaga. And instead, some of them were, were scared and overwhelmed. So that's the other thing is if they can actually lock in and, and stay focused. I don't know if Notre Dame is quite as scary as Gonzaga, but I think playing a conference game on the road, even if it isn't, you know, a packed road environment, you've got to bring some sort of energy. So that's a key for Virginia. You got to defend the three point line. You got to actually bring a little bit of juice and energy because they haven't really had it through six games. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm sure the crowd plays a big part of it, like you said, but I, I watched a bit of that Kihei Clark presser or I saw a bunch of quotes on Twitter. Definitely did not like the intensity they played with. And I think he said their defense was like selfish or something. He was, he was not happy, but he did. He did. Yeah. He said they were selfish. I was talking to you about how they sort of focus on help defense. And I think there were times where guys just didn't help for whatever reason. So they're going to get that fixed or at least they've got to, obviously you don't have a ton of time, especially when you're playing the game in Texas and then you got a couple of days in between and it's another road game in Indiana. So you've got that, that travel things. We'll see how many practices they can squeeze in, but I imagine it would be rather intense on the defensive end. You certainly can't be, selfish if you're expecting to, to play the pack line defense at any sort of high level for sure so that's all I got for you except before I let you go I want to get a prediction I don't know how big of a prediction guy you are but just give me a range <laughs> or what team you're going to win or what team's going to win yeah it's a it's a good one I think it'll be close I think both teams are, are solid I kind of think the matchup is solid for Notre Dame because Virginia's been struggling they're not defending the three that well um, you've got so many good guards and talented guards 
for Notre Dame that I think that works well. I'm leaning Virginia still just because Notre Dame has had a sizable amount of chances this year against some of these solid teams. And you obviously got the Kentucky game that they gritted out at the end and were able to sort of hold on after playing pretty well early. Uh, but Kentucky certainly not looking like a, a normal Kentucky team this year. Uh, I think that those games are definitely going to benefit Notre Dame. They've been battle tested. Virginia has one battle and they got blown out of the water by Gonzaga. I wouldn't really consider San Francisco or, or Kent state your typical battle test. So I think that'll help Notre Dame. I'm going to lean Virginia in a tight game, but I would not be surprised at all if, if Notre Dame did win. I think Virginia's going to try to do a little bit of a better job. And I think they will defending the three and maybe getting back in transition. Notre Dame also does a nice job of sort of setting up its half court. So it should be a fun one. If it goes to overtime, I hope someone's able to score in the overtime period. God forbid we get a, a re, sort of a repeat of last year's performance, but I think Notre Dame's got a pretty good shot. I would still lean Virginia just because I think they've probably got more depth and maybe a little bit more talent, but uh, a good spot for Notre Dame for sure to play Virginia. I think if there's a time to get them coming off of a, a scared, overwhelming loss, I think is a decent time. Gotcha. Definitely understandable that you pick Virginia based on everything, but, uh, just wanted to let you know that Notre Dame unequivocally would have won in the ACC tournament if it happened. <laughs> Not hearing any I wish, other we, but, uh, wish we could have gotten to that game. I think that could have been a really fun one. Yeah, for sure. I would have, I would have been there uh, if everything would have been normal. So I definitely wish that would have happened. But that's all I got for you today. Um, hopefully, we, I'm not sure if Notre Dame plays them again, but if they do, we'll try to have you back on. But thanks for coming on. Any closing thoughts? I think that's that's mostly it. I'm excited to see this one, though. I think it's it's fun that ACC basketball has finally arrived. I think, I think one of the games, I think Duke might have been postponed for whatever the game is on the 29th. So fingers crossed, per usual, anytime you're leading up to a game that they actually take the court. But as long as they do, I think it'll, it'll be a good one. And it may be a little more traditional for Virginia in terms of scoring. I think this game in the 60s would make sense and be a lot of fun. So fingers crossed we get a good one. All right, so now that we talked about UVA with an expert, um, we got some insight about them. I brought on Jake, and we wanted to recap the first half of the season. Uh, not ideal, but there are some positives to it. So I guess I'll go to Jake first. Jake, uh, just give me a brief, like, well, not a brief, like a broad overview of your opinion about the first half of the season. Uh just not good enough, I would say. Um, I wouldn't say hopeless, but, you know, there's flashes. Um, I'd say if I could describe it, it's flashes, but it's not anything continued, really. I mean, you see flashes from Hub. You see flashes. Well, has been consistently our best player, for sure. Um, saw flashes from Wurtz. I mean, you had that one game. Wurtz goes off, and Hub gets zero. Then the next game. Yeah. goes off zero you know it's it's you know it's kind of like you know you only see flashes really um and then i'd say the other players are just not good enough i think durham's had you know on the defensive end he's been fine enough even with the fouls but on the offensive end it's your five and he doesn't really add anything there it's like you know now cormac ryan you know i know it's a tough adjustment you know i see flashes but has not been good enough. And the bench has given pretty much nothing. Like, Dogo has been okay, but, you know, I don't know if he's been sixth man okay. Uh, 
Sanders, I mean, I don't know if he's really ready. And he's a freshman, so that's fine. Same thing with Zona. He's shown a little bit more. Um, you know, his team has talent, but really, it's just flashes at the moment. So, I mean, I hope with more momentum that can, like, you know, uh, kick into a higher gear, really, and we can have a successful season, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Has your outlook changed at all on if this is a tournament team or not? Um, I'd be more willing to say they're a tournament team now with Wurtz, uh than I would at the uh, beginning of the season. But yes, it has. I would say I almost think it's gotten worse, my outlook, just because of – not necessarily because of Notre Dame. Well, to an extent because of Notre Dame because they're three and four. But if you look at the rest of the ACC and how they, they've struggled in non-conference play, I was, we were talking about Virginia earlier, lost to San Francisco got blown out by Gonzaga. That was supposed to be, like, the best team in the ACC. Duke got, I think, blown out by Michigan State. But it's going to be really tough to get in the tournament. The ACC could be a six, five, six, seven. They could have that many teams in, which would not be good for us because I don't know that we're in that category of top five or six in the ACC. So it's going to be really tough unless they get on a roll here. Um, and I wanted to ask you, what do you, uh, outside of winning games, because I think we all want that, what are you hoping to see in the second half of the year? Oh, that's a, that's, I would say a better defense. Um, I know we have to be realistic with our expectations as to what extent it can improve, but, you know, we're not saying we need to be Virginia. We, we need to be like a Tony Bennett squad, but I would like if, if they got better um, on that end. Um, I would like to see uh, the guards have more consistency as well. Um, and I would like to see us uh, feed Nate more because I think in the last few games after a hot start, we haven't really done that. Um, those would be my main wants this season. For sure. I just I would say – more from like a player development sort of standpoint, I want to see more. Like we know from those old Notre Dame teams that the front line quality has been there. Like with Jaron Grant, Demetrius Jackson, Bonzi. Uh, but like we've seen, um, we've seen the stars that the old teams have. I don't know that this team has one of those yet. So I'd really love to see somebody step up, even if we don't make the tournament and kind of take control of the team on the offensive end, especially, but uh, the consistency from the guards has also been something I've been concerned about. Matt Painter put it best. I don't know if you saw his presser before the Notre Dame game, but he was talking about how hard um, it is to get all your guards going like that. Um, So I think you need two or three to show up every game, but not, not maybe all four. Like if you can get hub and Cormac going or hub and Wirtz, hub and Goodwin, that's good enough to win games, but the other ones just have, they have to have some sort of impact. You can't just, you can't have no impact like Hub did against Purdue or where it's had against Bellarmine. I guess you can against Bellarmine, but that's kind of what I'm looking for. Rebounding has been an issue at times. Defense. I mean, just stuff that we thought could be an issue has all been an issue. So that's what I have. And then I guess we can just go over, our thoughts on every player briefly. Uh, I guess. Can we, I ask a yeah a question that uh, kind of 
in relation to something you said about like you know earlier teams. How many players on this team do you think would have started uh, on that those 2015, 16, and 17 teams? Uh, it's an interesting question. So like, do you think do you think Nate get Nate? I think Nate definitely starts on one, at least some of them. I'm yeah. Not sure if he starts in 2015 if they 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 could go bigger with him. Um, uh, I don't, I don't think really know. I don't think Hub or Ryan, maybe probably not even Goodwin, unless Goodwin over Vistoria. Did he? Say- I, I wouldn't say that yet. Yeah, because yeah. I don't think I don't think I you think- could get Hub or Ryan to start over Grant or Jackson or. Yeah, I think Hub could probably start over Farrell. I think, but I don't. Know. Uh, I, don't I don't know. I, I think I think a player like Farrell would help us a lot because he's you know, he's more of a true point guard whereas hub is like you know kind of that words is kind of that run is kind of point guard but Farrell's definitely a like you know he's a ball handler and can distribute i think Farrell could help this team almost as much as like as much as any past player but wasn't a star i think Farrell you know helps that team uh i think Nate definitely starts um on 2016 and 2017. Yeah. 2015 is, a, is an interesting case. I'm not really sure about that. You'd probably have to put him in for Asturia and go big. But, you know, but the, the, the fact that we're saying only maybe one guy would, you know, just really does say a lot. Mm-hmm, for sure. I wanted to ask you also, uh, I was thinking about this. I've been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks. Do you think they would be better off with words at the one and Hub moving to the wing? Obviously, it would take time for Hub to kind of adjust to being a catch-and-shoot guy on the wing. But I think it could be really beneficial if it works. I just don't know if you do it mid-season. What do you think? Well, was it, was it Wirtz doing that in one of the games? Yeah, Wirtz was bringing the ball up a ton in the Purdue game. And the turnovers were no, it's interesting. a lot less. The offense was whirling better. So. You know, that's interesting. I haven't really seen him, but, I mean, if – if Bray sees him in practice every day, Bray sees him, you know, watches film, knows who, how he and Hub run, and he, he makes that decision, then, I mean, I'm going to have to trust him there. Uh, it is interesting, for sure. Um, but we kind of really have three combo guards yeah. starting. And, you know, I mean, I would like to see Worth actually be like a real point guard, for sure, honestly. Yeah, for sure. So I, I remember we had talked about Cormac Ryan uh, in DMs a little bit. You want to give your thoughts on him so far? I think I'm a little more optimistic than most people, but you should you should go first with him. Um, I haven't really seen the hype so far. I've seen flashes. I think there's talent. I think writing them off would be foolish, but he has to get better. And I think Cormac would be, you know, the first person to uh, to say that. Uh, he needs to get better, really. Um, now, he's caught fire when he – at times. But, really, as I said before, consistency needs to be, you know, something happening more with him and others. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think I, I like what I've seen from him at times. Like you said, the Ohio State game, he had 15 and a half. But after that, we haven't really seen anything from him. I was trying to pull up his Bellarmine stats, but it's not loading. But I remember Purdue, he had 14, mostly in garbage time. He's shooting 
30 how is he shooting 32 percent from the field uh he's shooting 34 percent from three not super efficient more efficient than he was at stanford but his defense hasn't been great either but i think people need to remember this is his second year of college basketball so that's that could definitely play a factor especially going into the acc acc play i think he's going to need some time to adjust but He's really been a big energy guy, taking all the charges, being a leader, but we haven't really seen much more than that from him. We saw him, we've seen him take some, yeah. take some tough shots and hit him, but haven't seen much else. Yeah, he went two for seven with seven points against Bellman. Uh, you know, five rebounds, one assist. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's like. You know, he's averaging 10 4, uh, four if you round up, 10 4, 4 on the season, which, and, you know, he, he shoots well up the line. So, you know, his true shooting percentage is a, is a 4 8 6, which is pretty bad, but not like, that's not like horrific or anything. Um, I would like to see him be more of a, it's kind of a weird fit with words because he does the two, but I like to see him like, you know, be more of a three-point shooter, and Hub can, like, drive inside uh, more because that seems to be a strength. Mm-hmm. But really. Yeah, from – I mean, I thought Cormac was going to be way more of a shot creator than he has been so far. I mean, most of the shots he creates off the dribble for himself are, like, deep threes with a guy in his face. I thought that would be way more of a strength from the film I've seen at Stanford and high school. But that's that hasn't really amounted – so hopefully he can get that going. Uh, one more question before we, I guess, go into Virginia prep, if you have anything else. What would your starting lineup be? I mean, obviously it changes against the team like Virginia or Purdue, who's a little bit bigger. But what's your starting lineup if we play, like, a team that's, like, average? Like, no, not way better in the front court, not way better in the back court. I would start – I would probably say – it's hard to say. We're starting We're starting Hub, Wurtz, Dane, and Nate, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of where it starts. Um, to me, there's you – have, you have four options to start in that last spot. You have Cormac. You have Durham. You have even Jogo, who – Really has not been too bad in the season. Um, Jogo is he's shooting fifty eight percent, fifty percent from three. He's averaging four two one in seventeen minutes. So I mean, it's not horrible. And he's playing. And then I think Zona, who I don't really think is ready. Um, Do you think it's unfair to make the argument that Jogo's been? the best of those four players this season. So it could be him. Uh, I would probably say Cormac's been better. Just because Cormac, Cormac's shown you flashes on the offensive side. Jogo hasn't really. Jogo's kind of just had some catch-and-shoot threes. Just done what he's supposed to in his role, I guess. I would say my starting lineup, I'd probably say Hub, Wurtz, Ryan, Goodwin, Lashesky, and then put Durham in against big teams. But that's just me. I don't know what you. Yeah, 
It has to depend on the team, really. Um, you know, um, and then hopefully we can get Carmi back because they need more guard minutes off the bench, even with Wurtz. But, like, I don't really know where they are with that. I mean, it's this is three seasons in a row where he's basically medical redshirted. It's been that bad. And I feel bad for him. Uh, hopefully I can, like, you know, just imagine that happens to somebody in high school. That would be bad. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then, I mean, Hub and Goodwin have played 37 minutes a game each, so you definitely have to get Carmody in. He's going to be back later January, I guess. So maybe maybe they could aim for, like, the Miami game with him because they have a week off before that game. I guess that – I think that might be, like, a reasonable return time for him. So that would be cool on the 24th. But – if you can get the rotation up to eight guys consistently, you're in really good shape. It's just Sanders, Sanders and uh, Zona haven't really shown me much. Neither of them look super ready, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they develop over the next few years. I think we've made a bunch of predictions on that, so we'll just let it be for now. But any other thoughts on the team in general before we head into Virginia? Yeah, I mean, I kind of see – I like what I see from Zona. But you can definitely tell he's he's not fully ready. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, yeah, that's all I have for the current team, I guess, before we head into the Virginia preview. Anything else? No, no, nothing else. All right, so now that we talked about Notre Dame a lot, we kind of recapped their first couple months of the season uh, as objectively as we could, I guess, be Notre Dame fans. Uh, let's go into Virginia now. So to start, I'm going to go with the keys to the game. One, we talked about it earlier, uh, shoot the lights out. Virginia's not really going to pressure you, and so they're going to watch you shoot a lot of threes. So if you can get hot, even if you can get two of the four guards to get hot from three, you're in a really good spot against them, especially considering the type of defense they played against Gonzaga. Two, I'm going to say rebound. We struggled with that. Struggle with that against Purdue, and that costs us the game. Uh, Jay Huff could really kill us down low if we don't rebound and let him get second chances. So that's my second key. And then third, I'm going to say force turnovers and get in transition. Kihei Clark isn't really a turnover-prone guard, but if we can force some turnovers and get in transition, uh, we saw them get a lot of easy baskets against Virginia last year in transition enough to slow it down for the pack line. So... I think that's going to be a huge key is if we can get out and transition, get out and run, and not let them set up in the pack line. Uh, they haven't really been good in transition this year um, on defense, so that's definitely something we can exploit. My matchup to watch is um, Nate Leshetsky versus Joey Hauser. I mean, probably, probably the best matchup of skill sets we have. I think these are two of the most talented players in the entire game. So. Um, Whoever wins this matchup could really have a leg up if your best player is kind of taking a step forward uh, in this one. So I'm going to go with Leshevsky versus Hauser. That could be a huge key. And then my leading scorer, uh, I'm going to go with Prentice Hub. I think they're going to give him a lot of space to get open looks up top. So going to go with him for my leading scorer. Jake, I guess I'll go to you for this one too. you have any prediction for the leading scorer? I'm going to go with Hub, and for my key matchup, 
I'm going to go with Hub versus Clark. I think, you know, we really need somebody like Hub to just take over games like he has sometimes, but not all the time against, you know, with Virginia defense like this one. So uh, I would definitely say that, um, you know, I think that would really be the key for us. For sure. Clark definitely isn't there defensively either, so Hub could really take advantage of that matchup. Not going to let him get to the basket as much, but if Hub can hit some tough shots, uh, Clark's going to give him some room. So that's going to be something they can really exploit for sure. And then I guess we'll go to Jake, go back to him for the prediction first. Uh, what do you think is going to happen for this one? I think Virginia will win by like seven or eight. Really? That is actually interesting. I think we're both less optimistic than Bennett, the Virginia writer. So really interesting. Um, I'm going to say Notre Dame or UVA by five. I think this is one of the most winnable games Notre Dame's had this year, to be honest, just because I think they match up really well against Virginia, but, and they haven't matched up well against other teams they played this year, like MSU or Duke or even Ohio State. So I think they match up really well against them, but I just can't pick them to beat a ranked team. I'm sure you're in the same boat. Until they actually do it, I don't think they can beat them. Uh, or I'm not predicting that at least, even though I think they can do it. So that's all I got for this one. Uh, Jake, any closing thoughts? No, hope for a good outcome. So go Irish. Go Irish. And maybe we'll be back with the pit, Purdue, or pit preview. Who even knows that that game's happening? By the time this is posted, maybe we'll know. But their game just got canceled. So we'll see what happens. But thank you guys for watching. Go Irish. Peace.